Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Jeremy Stretton. Jeremy is the founder and CEO at Business Legal Lifecycle. He is an Amazon bestselling author with the book, The Business Legal Lifecycle, which teaches you how to pay attention to the legal aspects of your business right from the start. Jeremy believes that by taking care of your legal obligations and planning for the inevitable problems that may surface, you will eliminate the strain, stress, loss of business, and potential bankruptcy. Through his legal tech website, he aims to provide worldwide access to legal advice uh, for all small to medium-sized businesses. Jeremy has a wealth of knowledge and can help set up your business correctly by being more proactive in your approach to legal risks. This is a really interesting topic. I uh, never had someone on this show that, uh, you know, talked about, you know, protecting yourself in a legal environment sort of way. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. And can I just say that a lot of people don't um, find law very exciting. So that's probably why you haven't had someone on before, but I'm here to make it fun and, and to give people great tips. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Can you please give us a quick background on who you are and what makes you so amazing? So, Jeff, I'm a lawyer from Brisbane, Australia. So uh, people don't know, where, don't know where Brisbane is. In 2032, you will because we're the hosts of the Olympics uh, that year. So uh, I've been a lawyer for about 20 years and uh, my background was working um, in a large, larger law firm, working with business owners uh, to really help them set themselves up for success. About 10 years ago, my now former business partner and I, uh, we recently um, separated our businesses amicably, uh, we decided that we could do things better and decided to start our own law firm, uh, really focused on helping business owners to build great businesses. And from that, uh, I created this concept called the business legal life cycle. And Jeff, it really came from a couple of, of matters that I had where people could have solved their legal problems if they had just got uh, advice before they uh, went and did things. So rather than just asking for forgiveness, which a lot of people think that they can do, they they just went and, and, and did things uh, that were legally dubious. And uh, in one case, they lost a million dollars of other people's money. And in another case, they almost lost a million dollars of their own money. And we, we managed to save most of that. And it really struck me that there had to be a better way, that law had been too reactive and hadn't been proactive enough. So what I did is I, I sat down with them and, and worked out 
what is it that that you know what was the reason why they didn't get advice and it come back came back to the same things lawyers are expensive they didn't they don't like um talking to lawyers because lawyers kind of lord it over them and so i developed this concept called the business legal life cycle and that's really just taken a, a, a you know a it's, it's life of its own, uh, which I've expanded overseas uh, to uh, the UK and the US. And I'm looking at other countries. COVID kind of put a pay to that for a little while. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the journey that I've been on. And now, uh, I've, as you said in the intro, I have a law tech website, which helps people identify their, their blind spots in their business. And that's what I'm really passionate about, getting that message out to as many people as I can to make sure that they understand that there is a better way. We don't have to just, you know, do things and, and hope that we'll, we can fix them later. There's a better way to, to actually solve our legal problems upfront. So I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because my approach to these types of issues, right, has always been, and, and a lot of this is colored from my experience owning a digital marketing agency, what I learned when I studied for my MBA, you know, things like that, that contracts are only as good as your willingness to litigate. Right. So let's say, for example, we have a, you know, like we have a contract or better yet, an agreement. I agree to do something in exchange for some type of consideration. Right. Mm. And what happens is that like, especially in the marketing field, right. I'm not making a lot of promises. I'm not guaranteeing you that you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars off of this campaign. I am good. Like my company is going to do the work in order to make it happen. But at the end of the day, if your company can't close the, you know, can't close the deal, then I still brought you the traffic and I should still be paid for it. Right. Let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit yep. about that. You know, first, uh, you know, first about that misconception of, you know, like a difference between a contract and an agreement. I think an agreement is like in a lesser form, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was one time and I'm not going to go into the details here. I'm not going to bore you guys with it where I thought that I was going to, you know, that I needed a contract. So what did I do? I Googled around to a whole bunch of different companies. I downloaded some, you know, something that looked like a contract that I thought I should use for a web design project. And the company actually mm. used that against me when it was time to separate. And, it, you know, it was like, I just didn't want to deal with it. I just gave them their money back and said, okay, guys, sayonara, we're done. Right. How do you mm. approach that? Especially how do you approach newbies like me, you know, who think like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to do an agreement and, uh, you know, and be done with it. What is that like? I think uh, a lot of that comes from you know, misunderstanding the law. So a lot of people think that a contract isn't worth the paper it's written on. That's a, a, a saying that you hear often. I, I hear it here. I hear it overseas as well. Uh, but the truth of it is that it, a good contract is worth the paper it's written on so long as it actually has been well thought through. So the problem with the approach of just getting a document from the internet is that every situation is different. Every time that you uh, have any sort of agreement with someone, it's never exactly the same as, as someone else's uh, agreement or, or someone else's, uh, you know, what the terms of what they've agreed to. So there, there are, all, and there are always like a nuance in the agreement that you need to uh, really uh, put into the, into the contract to make sure that you understand, you know, what actually needs to happen. And is there a difference? There's, there's not really a legal difference between a contract and an agreement, Jeff. An agreement, you know, like could be seen as just like a handshake or just a, an informal uh, type matter. And a contract is where you actually sign off on it. But legally speaking, an agreement can still be enforceable so long as it's been properly thought through. So I think what what's missed is that people don't like going to see lawyers. So they, they, tell themselves that, oh, I can just grab a, a contract off the internet or an agreement off the internet. 
and uh, I'll just fill in the blanks and that will work. Uh, the, the worst ones I see over here, Jeff, in, in Australia is where they have uh, American clauses or references to American legislation uh, that doesn't apply in Australia, obviously, because we're, we're different countries. So so for me, what, what, uh, the, what I explain to people is, yes, you can have that type of agreement and, and it may work. It may work in, in some situations. It's really that any agreement that you have or any contract that you have really needs to deal with what happens when things go wrong. Because it's all well and good when you start a relationship, uh, you know, whether you're going into business with someone or you've got a supplier or you've got, you know, you've got a new client. At the beginning, it's, all, it's always all good. And, and you think, oh, I don't need to worry about this agreement because it'll be fine forever. But when that relationship or that contract goes on for six months, a year, two years, three years, five years, people's circumstances change. People's goals change. And if you don't have it documented in an agreement or a contract, what's going to happen if something goes wrong and thinking about it, what happens when we disagree, then that's when you're going to have the problems that you're talking about before. So uh, it's one of the one of the challenges of being a lawyer in this space, Jeff, is that a lot of what the money that we save people is money that they don't see uh, because they never actually they never actually pay it out. Uh, but there's a lot of savings and there's lots of stories in my book. I, I detail lots of stories about the circumstances in which people could have done things differently and could have saved themselves money. So it's really around explaining that and explaining those differences uh, to, to help people understand why they need to get that advice. So I guess one of the things that's, uh, you know, that's still a little opaque for me then is at what point do you engage with a lawyer in order to get, in order to get this done? Do you do it when you form your business? Do you do it when you get your first client, your fifth client, your hundredth client? What point do I justify the expense? Because I'm not buying a document off of you for a hundred bucks. Like I'm, you know, if I'm going to engage someone like you in order to drop a contract that's uh you know, that's needed. I mean, should it be a percentage of the overall, of the overall sale? Should it be a percentage of the valuation of the company? Like for me, it's just, you know, they're like, I can go really high end or I can go really low end. And the mm. truth of the matter is there is nowhere on your degree that says whether you're a great lawyer or the worst lawyer ever. Mm. Right. It just says lawyer. Sure. Right. So I don't even know. <laughs> Who I'm dealing with? Do I am I dealing with someone who does in fact understand my business and understand some of the nuances, or are they just saying it? Right. So what does that look like? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Jeff. And there's lots of great lawyers out there. So and, and there's there's lots of people who know what they need to do. And the question of when to engage a lawyer, in my view, it's straight away. When you're starting a business, you should be talking to your lawyer about how that a business is going to be formed, what agreements that you need to have. The trick is. And this is where what I've developed is there to help the business owner is that as a lawyer to properly advise you, my, 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 yeah, my, my responsibility is to say, you need all of these documents. But the truth is you only need this many things, right? And so uh, what, what the trick is and, and the reason I wrote the book and, and I get on podcasts and I, and I set, send this message around the world is that you only need this, this small things, but you need to engage with your lawyer to do them. So go to your lawyer to do the minimal stuff that you need to do and then go to them uh, for more stuff in the future. The other thing, and the other the other trick that I think is is really important with lawyers is, and, and and you said it before about how do you know that a lawyer who just has a degree can actually help me? Uh, what I would say to that, Jeff, is that uh, if they're charging on time, so you know, in six minute increments or minute increments or whatever, ten minute increments, that's a red flag for me that they may not know what they're doing. 
if they're able to charge you a fixed fee for the work that they're going to do and say that you know you need this agreement done, it's going to cost you five hundred dollars, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars, whatever, and explain to you why that is the case, then that tells you that they have the experience, that they know what that work they need to do, so that they can actually help you to do that. Um, and the third way, uh, and the third way to, to think about this is get advice from people that you know. You know, you, you'll know the business owners, people who have dealt with lawyers, uh, people who have been in that space before. For, uh, you know, you always want someone who you know, like, and trust. And you know, how do you find those people? Well, one, you can research them on the internet. But the like and trust thing is is really what you're talking about there, Jeff, and the, the hard part to find. So what I would suggest for that is is talk to people who have used those uh, professionals before, find out how they work, and then. Go in and ask lots of questions about how they how they do things. How do they operate? How do they deal with their clients? And that's how you're going to figure out whether or not that, that's someone to work with. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. So how then does somebody, you know, really start to articulate, you know, what are my risks here, right? Developing a website for this one company, charge thousand for it. You know, it's like, you know, like, so, so like here, you know, here in the US, you know, we're you know, anybody can litigate, right? So they tell you to get, uh, you know, business con uh, continuity insurance, you know, errors and omissions insurance, you know, that stuff can just rack up, you know, in terms of price, right? But um, really what you need to do is, you know, first of all, assess like, what are you really talking about here? Like, what is the real, you know, the real, uh, uh, the real risk that could be, uh, you know, whether it could go north or south in terms of that agreement. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how you assess that risk and how you can help a business owner. Yeah, great question, Jeff. And I think it comes back to, as the lawyer, really understanding the business well and what the risks are. So this is where, you know, I said, I said before, you know, you should get legal advice from a, a lawyer straight away from when you start your business, because you really want to build that relationship. The best businesses that I work with and the best clients have a long-term relationship with the lawyer um, and that has really started hopefully at the beginning and gone all the way through their journey. So the way to do that is to really understand their business, but also to understand business as well, Jeff. I think that's that's one of my distinguishing features um, is that I'm a business coach as well. Like I, I, I run a law firm. I, I do this this um, tech product. I also um, I also do business coaching uh, for Abundance Global, who the people who can um, who are watching us can see behind me. I'll um, have the charts on my wall. And you've got to bring that, that business element to the advice to really understand as the lawyer, where people need to go. So that comes back to the the old uh, you know, point of just asking lots of great questions and really developing why something important and really understanding what the, uh, you know, when you're developing an agreement for someone, why is this agreement important? What are the risks that the client sees? What are the risks that we see? And then really diving into making sure that that agreement comes together because it can't, technology is great, but technology just isn't at the point where it can help us to, to properly define that. So it's really building that relationship with the lawyer to understand what it is they need to do and what they need to protect so they can go go and make the, the contract or the agreement work for you. One of the things that you mentioned is that there is a wide body of products that you can sell just about any business, right? But they don't necessarily need that wide body. They just need that, you know, that narrow subset you know, but that's, you know, but that's really the key set that they need. Talk to me a little bit about what you feel every business should have out of the gate 
so that they can get started and what they would need to build upon afterwards as they build up their business later on. Yep. So Jeff, this maps into the, the business legal life cycle. So really from phase one, which is the conception when you're starting to have the idea to start up and to up, which is phase two and phase three initial clients. That's really what I see as the, the crucial things for most people when they're starting their business. So uh, in conception, that's more about just getting your idea right and getting your goal right. So that when you are talking to uh, your lawyer and your other advisors, whether it be an accountant or whoever else, they can help set up the entities that you need in startup correctly. So in the startup phase is making sure that, you know, do you need a LLC if you're in America, a, a, a proprietary limited company if you're in Australia, a trust, all these things you need to, to think that through. Then it's really around, you know, what insurances do you need? Making sure that you've got all of the correct insurances. You, you mentioned all the, all the different types of insurances you can have and, and really diving into the business and making sure that you've got the correct ones. Then thinking through, you know, if you need to lease premises, obviously, you know, with COVID has come a lot, the rise of home working, but people still need to rent premises. So, you know, what, what kind of lease agreement do you need to have in place? And uh, once you have those kind of things in place, then we start getting into phase three, which is initial clients. And I think this is really the, the third thing is making sure that when you engage with clients, that you have a good agreement in place that protects you for the future and protects your rights with them to make sure that they uh, if something goes wrong, if that relationship goes poorly, then you, you're you protected there. So they're the first uh, three phases, Jeff, uh, and where I would say that most people need to focus in the beginning. Then you worry about it, when you bring on employees, uh, that's phase four of the life cycle. And that's about, okay, who are the employees? What employment agreements do we need to have? You know, depending on how you how you engage with them, whether they're WTs, 1099s, whatever, whatever they are, um, you know, the, the, different, the different categories, making sure you've got a good contract with them, having policies in place so that they understand how you want things to be done within the business, even simple ones. They become start to become important as you build a team to make sure that, that you do that. Then phase five is uh, protecting intellectual property, Jeff. And that is, this is probably the most, the, the area where a lot of lawyers may disagree with me because they think, oh, we need to go and register trademarks and protect our intellectual property early on. And what I say is that, no, you don't need to do that because you need to make sure you've got a viable business first. You know, you've got to make sure you've had that minimal viable product, minimal viable business before you go spending lots of money in, in protecting IP. Now, that might change if you've got a really unique idea, but a lot of people think they have unique ideas that, that really aren't. Uh, and you might want to do some, some stuff in the beginning. But in my experience, the vast majority of businesses don't need to worry about that. So there's there's 13 phases to go through, but they're they're probably the most important ones, uh, Jeff, from a from a startup point of view. Uh, and really, the idea is 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 and what I what I do with my clients and what I what I, I teach other lawyers to do is to build that relationship with their client so that they can do that work as they go through the journey and really set them up for success. I think one of the interesting things about when I look for business advisors, uh, you know, an attorney, uh, an accountant, things like that, is just how much they're willing to collaborate and learn about my business. If they're just going to pontificate from their desk and just say, you need one, two, three, four, and five. And like, you know, without even asking me basic questions, that for me is a red flag. Right. For the ones that are like, okay, like, how do you make money? Like, how does it come in? Does it, do people pay you cash? Does it get deposited as a credit card? You know, how long do, do clients stick around for? These are all interesting questions in the way I run my business, which is different than, you know, maybe Joe down the street. Right. Yep. And what happens is that 
when we're trying to figure this out, I want to make sure that, okay, that you have a sufficient understanding of, you know, what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring something totally unique that no one's ever, you know, that no one's ever thought of before. You know, like I firmly believe that there's not much new under the sun, but there is my unique take on it. Right. And that's really what I'm selling. And that's really what you're selling as well. You know, it's just trying to get people to understand that uh, is that there are hundreds, if not thousands of business advisors out there, but they are not all cut from the same cloth. So I really appreciate you uh, articulating that. One last question I had for you, though. Can you please Mm -hmm. uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about a case study of how a client came to you and you know, by the magic of having this agreement in place that they were actually able to save themselves and, you know, say, you know, save their business a lot of money as opposed to it all going down the drain for, you know, because someone did something stupid. <laughs> yeah. I've got lots of the other way around, but I can do that. I definitely got the, the good, the good sides as well. So uh, really uh, what, what the one that comes to mind is a recent example where a client had uh started a new business with someone else and we did a shareholders agreement with them with with all the parties involved and really put in some some really good thought to if things change if people's circumstances change what is it that needed to go into that agreement so uh it's called a shareholders agreement over here because we're um in a company you have shareholders and, and very similar in america just called different things with members and, and things like that uh, so it might be called a members agreement or an operating agreement in in the us and by really sitting down and working through uh, what if things go bad? What we were able to do was when the time came, because everyone will exit a business at some point and they will always separate at some point, we were able to do that in a graceful way. We didn't have to have a big fight and we were able to take the client through the journey of separation in a really neat way that stopped a big fight from happening. Now, they were good friends. And if they had to have uh, been uh, at loggerheads, it may have been different. But that was an example where we were able to really help someone by drafting a, a good agreement that was really well considered, uh, that had some really good mechanisms to separate them at the end of the day, to stop them from, from having a fight. And that really worked well. You know, it sounds almost like a prenup. Right. Where, (laughs) you know, you're setting, but really it's, you know, the basis is the same, right? Is that I'm coming into this relationship, you know, with X, Y, Z assets, you're coming in with A, B, and C assets. And when it does come time to separate, I want to make sure that I'm getting, I'm getting my assets back plus whatever it is I'm owed, you know, based on the, based on the increased value that I brought for the business. So I really appreciate Mm -hmm. you articulating that. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeremy, where can people learn more about you and how can they reach out to you directly? Yeah, th- thanks, Jeff. Uh, so we have, um, uh, you got up, got up on the screen there, businesslegallifecycle.com. We've actually created a page for the listeners and viewers of the show. If they go to businesslegallifecycle.com slash one big tip, uh, they'll see a bunch of resources on that website. We've mentioned um, the, the legal tech tool. Uh, that we have. And as a thank you for having me on, we've uh, given a 50% discount for anyone who wants to take that uh, on the page. Uh, there's lots of other free resources on that page as well and, and on the website so people can uh, check that out. Uh, the other place that I'm very active on is LinkedIn. I um, I do a lot of content on LinkedIn. So if people search for my name, my name, Jeremy Stratton, I'm the only one that spells my name that way. They'll find me there and they can uh, connect with me. Just let me know that you've um, heard me on this show and I'd be happy to connect with you and share uh, some of the journey. And, some, and if you've got any questions, happy to, to answer them there. Amazing. Jeremy, 
thank you for joining me today. It's been very enlightening and I really appreciate you bringing the energy to, you know, enlighten us on some of these cases and, you know, how they can really benefit your business. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.